Welcome to the Behold Me Beloved podcast. These conversations encourage one another to look to God and listen to His voice. We'll discuss how to live out our true identity and His calling in all aspects of life. I'm your host, Amy Kugler, a beloved daughter of the Most High King. I'm on mission to remind and to teach you the value and impact of identifying as beloved. You belong here. There is always something we can learn from each other, and you are called beloved. Hey friends, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so excited to introduce to you my friend Sarah Springer. She and I met through a really great organization called Rescue America. She actually was my boss for a year, and in that year, she poured wisdom into me, she encouraged me, and she just brought her gifts to the table that I was honored to sit at. And in my time with Rescue America... I got to learn more about who I am, what my gifts and talents are, and what the Lord's calling me to. In fact, the reason I'm starting this podcast is because of Sarah. When I was given an opportunity to take on an administrative position she was offering me, she also encouraged me and reminded me of my gifts and talents that the Lord had given me, which is very pastoral. And in that time frame, I took the time to pray and just seek the Lord of what was next for my life. Was it this administrative position or was it different? And that's where the dream of this podcast came to life. So I'm so blessed to have Sarah in my life. I hope our conversation blesses you as much as it blessed my heart. Listen in and enjoy this conversation. friends. I have a very special guest on today that I'm so excited to introduce to you, Sarah Springer. She is a wife, a mother, an executive director, a life coach, a mentor, and more. The way um, she walks and serves with Jesus and his kingdom has changed my life, and I hope it changes yours today too. I'm very thankful for all that she has done in my life and impacted me. And I'm just excited for you guys to get to know her a little bit today. Thanks for being here, Sarah. Yes, so excited to be here. Super fun. Okay, I said that right. You are a life coach, correct? Yes, I am. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Tell me a little bit about that. So basically, I just dig into the deep layers of people's hearts and minds and souls and help them to take steps forward when they're feeling stuck. Oh, that's so fun. And I didn't know that, but that's kind of what you did in my life in like a different position, which we'll get into later. But um, (laughs) sometimes on those intros, I'm like, oh, I learned something new. (laughs) So fun. Okay. So tell me, tell my friends just a little bit about how you came to know Jesus and your walk with him. Yes. So I was searching when I was in high school. I was just hungry for something else. I did not grow up in a Christian home and I was reading life after death books and spirituality books and talking about spiritual things with my friends. You know, I was probably coming across a little bit deep compared to the thoughts on their minds when they were in high school. Um, And I uh, was introduced to a couple people who one I worked with and another one that was a friend of mine 
who invited me to go to church. Um, so one of them would have spiritual conversations with me about Christ and Christian beliefs. And then the other said, hey, you know, I used to go to this church. Why don't you come with me? My mom and dad want me to go again. So I started going to church with her and there was a leader who would hang out with us afterwards, which was so awesome. So we'd always meet up at McDonald's after church and just have deeper conversations. And through that, my heart was getting so stirred and I was really looking for a foundation to build my life on. I thought, you know, life is, there's got to be more to life than this, you know, this go to school so you can get good grades, so you could go to college and get a good job and then get married and have kids so they could get good grades, so they could go to college. It was like, there's got to be something else. And um, so then the December of my junior or senior year of high school, there was a message about uh, Jesus specifically. And the leader said, if you want Jesus to be the leader of your life, stand up. And there was hundreds and hundreds of high school kids in the room. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be the only one standing up. And I just heard this little voice in my head that said, Sarah, this is between you and God. It doesn't matter if anybody else stands up or not. And I was like, that's right. Yes, I want Jesus as the leader of my life. <laughs> so I stood up and other people did too. I wasn't the only one. <laughs> and truly, my life started changing at that moment. And um, for me, you know, it really became like, in scripture where it says he picked me out of the muck and mire and set me on a rock. Um, that's just how I felt. It was like, he just picked me up. I was barely making it. And then he just little by little started kind of cleaning off the junk, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. like this, the Holy spirit was by my side, just saying, Hey, you don't want to do that anymore. You don't want to date that guy anymore. And I'm like, you're right. I don't. Okay. You know? Uh, and it was one step at a time. It was really, really awesome. Oh, I just love that. I don't think I've ever heard that story, but um, <laughs> maybe like pieces of it. I'm not sure, but that's so fun. Um, so cool. Okay. So where'd you grow up? What, what town, like, cause you're in Colorado now and mm -hmm. you live in Denver, Colorado now. So where yes. did you grow up? What brought you to Colorado? Yes. So I grew up in the Chicago suburbs, moved around a bit uh, in my early upbringing and moved to Colorado after being married for quite a few years with my husband. We had two kids at the time. We still do. Um, and we were invited by a friend. We had been in ministry and our friend had moved out to Colorado to uh, become kind of the second pastor in the history of uh, a local church here in the Denver suburbs. And he said, hey, I could use your help kind of taking this church into the next era. And so my husband and I mm -hmm. thought, oh, my gosh, yes, let's raise our kids in the adventure of Colorado, you know, work hard, play hard culture, <laughs> I think yeah. is part of our family DNA. And uh, a lot of the outdoor adventurous things were things that we wanted to be a part of. So uh, I started leading a leadership development program at our church. And uh, then my husband was also working at the church too. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Fun. Okay. I just wanted kind of some of my guests to know what, uh, or my friends and listeners to know what you're all about and where you're at and just kind of relate a little bit more to your lifestyle. So, mm. um, 
So these next like few episodes, we're kind of digging into identity in Christ. And sometimes this could be like a churchy word, right? <laughs> like uh, if you, you can hear it in churches and it kind of just becomes like religious or churchy. Um, but it's also super intimate and actually part of faith and a big part of my faith. And so uh, tell me a little bit about what your identity in Christ is and kind of what it means to you. Mm-hmm. Well, it's actually uh, this concept has changed my life. So um, when I was in my 20s, I was in a intentional leadership development program. And that kind of, yes, it taught me the skills of how to lead people and how to lead groups and how to talk in front of people and how to organize things. But at the core of it, it was really about our inner selves. And, you know, people of all ages were in this program, but I was in my early 20s and it was the most amazing thing to say in that phase of my life, who am I? Who do I want to be? What do I believe? Because other people told me I should believe this. What do I want to believe, you know, for myself? And it was space to really kind of undo some of the wounds and maybe um, things I thought were the, the way or the way to function and live, but actually like that wasn't helpful anymore. It wasn't serving me to think that way anymore. Um, so for me, uh, in that time, in my 20s, I would say that that's when I really learned what it meant to have my identity in Christ. And what it means to me uh, is that at the core of who I am, I am loved and accepted by God. So for me, it's all the other things that could identify me are not at the core of, of who I am. <laughs> Those are things about me, but they're like another tier out there, you know? But when you go like to the bullseye center uh, of my personhood, it is that I am loved and accepted by God. Mm. That is so, oh, I just love that. It's like the purest form of identity, right? Like you can find more identity in who God is, but the true identity is you're loved and accepted and belonged, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's the whole point of this podcast. So I'm just excited. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to have you on here and knowing that that's how you live your life and how you walk in your faith is just at the end of the day, I'm loved and known by God. (laughs) And that's Mm -hmm. all that really matters. And Mm -hmm. that's what's changed my life too. Mm. Um, Just coming to the awe and wonder of that, of like, that's who I am. That's all that I have to be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) That's so freeing and lets us be free to discover actually the good things that he's planted in us and the gifts that he's planted in us beyond that. Yes. Yes. I love that what you just shared, that reality. It is freeing. There's this Mm -hmm. release of, oh, like a rest that comes from from knowing that at the core. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's been a journey. I mean, I'll dive in more about all that, but that's been a journey to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And it's, it, we always have to remind ourselves too, like, yeah, there's probably moments where we're like, yeah, that was the day that I like knew that. But sometimes like there's mornings where you're like, okay, I need to be reminded of that today mm-hmm. because I don't know if I actually feel that way right now. It's so true. <laughs> and that's kind of hard sometimes. Yeah, it's so true. Well, thanks for sharing all of that and just speaking into yeah, your like identity and explaining what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did God speak that to you? Mm-hmm. Like, how did you come to terms with that? Yeah, yeah. So, um, honestly, a huge piece of that for me was experiencing solitude for some of my first times, uh, the, the Christian practice, <laughs> the spiritual discipline of solitude. Um, you know, and, and I had the privilege of experiencing this before iPhones, uh, were on the scene. I'm going to age myself a little here. Uh, but I didn't, you know, have my early formation years when digital media was everywhere and, and at my fingertips. Um, but I still loved people and loved being around people. And for me, going into solitude, literally one of my experiences was going to this little place called the Hermitage in Three Rivers, Michigan. Um, And it was uh, uh, many buildings on this property, but I intentionally chose this one little lodge that was by itself in the middle of nowhere on their property. And in that space, I happened to have pictures of myself for some reason of, of growing up. And I just had some time, just me and, and the Lord, you know, reflecting on my life. And I was looking through these different pictures and God said, you know, look at, look at who you were in your childhood. And as I was looking at these pictures, I was just thinking about all the different things that had been done to me or I had done And um, I literally had this moment where I felt this kind of like wind (laughs) wash over all of that that I had thought was my identity. And I felt, I heard honestly God's spirit say at the core of who you are, you are Mm -hmm. a child loved and accepted Mm -hmm. by God. And it was like all of the other things, like if if my soul or my heart was a container it was like he took out all the stuff I thought was my core, mm-hmm. took it out, blew it away, and then put his love and acceptance in it instead. And then the same happened, you know, for my high school years and then my early 20s at the time, my college years, just at the core of who you are, you're a teenager loved and accepted by God. You were an adult loved and accepted by God. And it was literally this first experience of wow, like all of those things that have defined me for so long don't anymore, you know? And and it wasn't like you're saying, you know, it wasn't one and done, but it was a reframing, a reworking of, okay, this is now where I'm starting. And so now as I keep building my life, I'm going to go back to, this is at the core of me, not these Mm -hmm. circumstantial experiences. And in that space, I do want to give credit to a couple amazing authors and books that I just mm-hmm. loved. Yeah. Um, and there was a time that I just spent a whole day reading 
The Way of the Heart by Henry Nouwen, uh, which was, again, about silence and solitude and going into the inner furnace of the soul. And it was revolutionary. It was not things that people were doing around me. And no one had trained me into intentional quiet and intentional stillness and intentionally choosing to pull away from all of that hustle and bustle. And I was a people pleaser. You know, I wanted to, um, you know, oh my gosh, if I wasn't the best, best friend, you know, then that person might not want to be my friend anymore. And so how could I say no to something to go be alone? (laughs) Uh, But those were the times. So Henry Nouwen's Way of the Heart totally transformed my life. And then also uh, David Venner's Surrender to Love. Uh, which is the book when I was on that retreat that there was a question, what do you think God thinks when he thinks of you? And Mm. that was the question that drove my reflection of my childhood, teenage years and adult years. Yeah. So. Wow. That's such a great like curiosity question. Like, yeah, you get to be curious about yourself. And I think that's such a fun way of explaining that. And getting people to think about it without saying, this is how God says. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there's a lot of like self-help books out there that's like, you should think this way or you should practice this or practice that. It's just like, just ask yourself these questions, right? Like, totally. Sometimes that's the best reflection, especially in that solitude and in those moments where we're like, I'm alone with you. And that's mm-hmm. it. Like, mm-hmm. just me and you, God, like, mm-hmm. tell me your ways. Speak to me. Um, yeah. yeah. It's That's so amazing. true. And I, I mean, as you're saying that, I'm like, yeah, that was also some of the formation of my identity in Christ is that I would actually have times alone with God where I am just pouring my heart out, mm-hmm. crying or questioning or whatever, and journaling, you know, where it was just space to say, okay, if you're real, like if you want a relationship with me, like I've heard, like, here I am, I want a relationship with you. I'm going to pour all this stuff out. And it was in those spaces that thoughts would come in my mind or a sense of hearing, you know, an idea or a concept that felt outside of my own self. Like, Mm -hmm. wow, I wouldn't have naturally thought of that that way, or that's a great question. Let me think about that, you know? So it was like, okay. And, and I don't know, you know, it's like, is it easier to believe that's God or to not believe it's God? You know, like Mm -hmm. I'd rather believe that that's God because when I feel like, no, I never could have thought of that statement that way myself. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to trust that's God trying to speak to me and let it be so and let mm-hmm. that thing guide me even if i don't understand how it all works or yeah you know every nuanced detail of of what it is so that's that's the faith part i think in my mm-hmm. journey of okay i'm going to trust this is god and i'm going to keep going forward and true healing came from those times where i was just pouring myself out and and yeah. guidance um i'm really mm-hmm. grateful for that yeah I love what you said about questions, like hearing questions, because I always feel like that's how God talks to me, Mm. is I have like a question that I wouldn't want to ask myself. (laughs) (laughs) There's always questions and I'm like, I do not like want to ask myself. I don't want to answer this. So I'm like, (laughs) gotta be God because, and I'll give you an example. One of the times was um, I had this list of like what my husband was going to be like in my like 
younger years before I'd met my husband. Mm-hmm. And when I met him, I almost didn't consider him because of this list like that I drummed up in my <laughs> so in my singleness. And so one of them was <clears throat> that he he would love to worship with me and that we would love to worship together. Well, my husband loves metal worship, like to his core. He like loves metal. Wow. And I couldn't even understand what like what they were saying. So I <laughs> was like, um, God, this can't be my husband because we, he doesn't worship like me. He doesn't like the same worship music. We can't worship together. And the Lord was so sweet. He asked me, he goes, how, how do you think I like to be worshipped? Like he was just like, and what like basically determines how I like to be worshipped? <laughs> You're like, do you determine how much I like to be worshipped or in what ways? And I was like, shoot. (laughs) Shoot. So, Uh, so, yeah, I was just like, okay, Lord. Like, and and, I mean, Corey like screams like to the Lord. I don't scream at the Lord in worship. So it's probably more pure than mine if we're being honest. But That is yeah. amazing. I love that example. Oh, it yeah. makes complete sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. I had my own little list as well, so I, mm-hmm. I know what you're saying. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah cool. so you mentioned like that those moments healed parts of mm. who you were. I just want to hear a little bit more about that and what what was healed. Mm. Yeah. If you don't mind going into that, that's kind of no, that's deep question. I love it. I love, <laughs> I love going in the deep waters. <laughs> um, yeah. So there were definitely multiple kind of things that I think had identified myself. I had identified myself as, um, one of them is being a child of divorce, you know? Um, so my mom actually, got pregnant with me when she was 16 and had me when she was 17. Um, And my parents got married six months after I was born. And then they got, they were uh, separated when I was about nine. And so that whole thing, their story, you know, really identified who I am. Um, Mm -hmm. And then when I was 18, I found out actually that my mom almost tried to have an abortion with me. Um, because she was afraid. And so those things, you know, I, I truly had this early childhood belief that I wasn't wanted. And I could tell you now, my mom in a million ways would just, you know, weep about that. <laughs> she, mm-hmm. she has tried many, many different ways to communicate that. Um, but she was young and she was trying to figure things out and, and, I mean, especially as I get older, I look back and I'm like, if I was my mom and I like list out all these things and I think, wow. And then I actually have more admiration and respect for her um, because she did do it all. (laughs) You know, she figured it out. But um, yeah, so those things had really identified who I was and my beliefs about myself and kind of, well, this is who I am. This is where I come from. Um, And then kind of as a result of those things, I think I really was also a people pleaser. You know, I feel like you just referenced this too, but just this, like, I just wanted to make everybody happy around me. And um, 
worked really hard for that. And so I didn't have my own self and I didn't know how to bring my own wants or own desires or own needs into the room. I just wanted to accommodate for everybody else around me. And, um, and that was like, I, I would say I was a chameleon, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also had experienced, um, you know, some deeper levels of, um, uh, I would call it, yeah, just abuse, sexual abuse in some ways, you know, in my mm-hmm. childhood, that was kind of in the years of my healing, that was how we looked at that. Um, but definitely had some traumas in there yeah. um, that shaped my beliefs of myself, mm-hmm. kind of function more as a victim and like a wallflower, just wanting to hide in a lot of ways and not stand out and not be seen. Um, and the amazing thing to me is through a journey, right? And through allowing myself time and space to be seen and heard by myself, you know, like that's that's the first place. It's like, you know, do I listen to myself? I feel like a lot of times we don't want to hear the sadness in ourselves, or we don't want to hear the the anger. We don't want to hear the fear. And if we think about those parts of ourselves as little kids, it's literally like we're locking them in the closet or we're locking them in the trunk of a car and trying to just pretend that doesn't exist. And to me, that's, that's, that's the first step is how do I actually accept this part of me? And I think our fear is that these parts are going to overtake us and we're going to like mm-hmm. lose it all. And we're like, just going to fall apart. Right? Like I remember thinking yeah. if I let myself feel angry, I'm going to be a, a B, you know, <laughs> the mm-hmm. B word. Um, yeah. and like, I'm never going to feel happy again. And uh, let me tell you after experiencing it, it's not true. <laughs> like There is actually just like happiness doesn't last forever. Anger doesn't last forever. And sadness mm-hmm. doesn't last forever. But um, giving myself the space, you know, to allow those parts to emerge and then bring them to God and bring them to myself has allowed that anchoring, you know, in God's love and acceptance uh, to be lived out on like an ongoing daily basis of practicing that. I'm allowed to take up room. I'm allowed to be seen. Mm-hmm. My needs are just as valid as anybody else's. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing. That's so <laughs> yeah. raw and hard. Like there's a lot of places that are scary, right? Like the, there's mm-hmm. some scary places in, in our stories and our hearts mm-hmm. that we don't want to go, right? Like, mm-hmm. But the bravery and the kindness and the love that meets us there mm-hmm. makes it all worth it. And that's truly like what redeems us <laughs> and yeah. how we get to walk with God in, in redemption. Yes, it is yeah. true. And even as you're saying that, it's reminding me that, you know, some of those things, um, it feels like, oh, my gosh, if somebody knew this. I like we want to keep it hit. It's the shame. The shame tells us that it needs to stay hidden and people Mm -hmm. can't know this. And 
there were a huge gift of, I had a couple safe places of community and authentic heart level, safe community to share those things, you know, and through my journey and at that also, you know, sharing it, letting it be seen, having other people who are healthy to be able to hold it um, yeah. also is a game changer, an experiential way to know God's love mm-hmm. because there's another human being who loves God yeah. <laughs> sitting in front of you saying, oh my goodness, I see you and wow, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, and then they still treat me the same, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, they don't treat me like a victim or they don't treat right. me like, oh gosh, I can't talk about this thing around her mm-hmm. or whatever. They're, uh, that that was very healing for me too. Yeah. Community changes our lives. I know there's been so many times that the people around me spoke into those pain mm-hmm. points mm-hmm. when I was sitting in them myself and scared to go there or scared that I was there (laughs) and they just spoke so much love and life into Mm -hmm. that. And having people around you is so important Mm -hmm. to help you understand the parts that the Lord's redeeming in you and Mm -hmm. sitting with you in. (laughs) Sometimes I think we think of God as this like off, like in another Mm -hmm. world, you know, not present with us, God, but he's really sitting with us and comforting us and so near. I think I was just listening to a podcast yesterday that they brought up this verse in Isaiah and I couldn't tell you exactly where it was, but it was like, if I look to the left or I look to the right, I will hear the the Lord's voice in my ears. And it's like Mm. so close to us that like Mm. it's in our ears it's that nearness that's so real and and closer than probably some humans could even get to us of it's within us and all around us so I thought that was a really sweet sweet scripture um where did so yeah the people that we're talking about the community and the ones that sat with you and were there for you to speak life and light what, where did you find those people? How did they come into your life? And how did you know they were safe? Like what made you understand that they were safe to, to process that with you or to lean into that hard place with? That's really challenging for a lot of people. I know that finding community and finding those people sometimes is the hardest part about faith and honestly, church, I mean, we could say that, right? Like Mm -hmm. some people can't find that in church. So yeah. How did you find those people? Mm -hmm. Where did you find them? And how did you know they were safe? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Again, you know, these early years of my upbringing, I, I, I sense, you know, this era is just a little different than it was. And, and I really, so I'm listening to digital minimum, digital minimalism right now. Um, What's that? What is that? I don't know if you're, oh, it's so good. And I want, I feel so bad. I should know the guy's last name, but it's Cal Newport, okay. Cal Newport. He wrote a book called digital Min- minimalism. He wrote another one that I read before called uh, deep work, which I love so much. And now I'm listening to digital minimalism and he, uh, I, I, I do believe that 
the digital world is changing our interactions mm -hmm. with one another. And so I first just want to acknowledge that like our culture, we all need to think about what is it that we want from relationships mm -hmm. and am I getting it? And am I being the person that I'm looking for yeah. <laughs> out there in the world, you know, and am I interacting with people in the ways that I want them to interact with me, right. you know? Um, so again, like my early years, there was like, there was a 20 somethings ministry. I was a part of that had a thousand people in it, a thousand twenty somethings, wow. you know, and, um, that was a anomaly. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't want to, I, Please, listeners, keep listening. <laughs> you know, um, so that was special. But it's it uh, for me. It really does come down to <laughs> other people who've been on a journey of healing. You know, inviting others into it. So again, I would say if that if that is you, if you've like you starting this podcast, you know, like creating spaces and being invitational and welcoming people mm -hmm. in if you have experienced something and you want to create that safety for other people, that would be really how I participated yeah. in that. And so I, I found people who had those values of doing the deeper work in their heart and unpacking things and creating room to listen um, and then I started being the one to create those spaces mm -hmm. for other people. Um, also, there was some like programmatic components to what I did. So I would highly, highly, highly recommend for anybody who loves deep work of the heart. Uh, I would highly recommend um, the Allender Center, mm -hmm. which is a part of the Seattle School of Psychology yes. and Theology uh, up in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dan Allender is very formative so in my journey yeah. as well. And they have a, a program that I did for a year that, again, just created this group work to do deep mm -hmm. layers of stuff. And there's multiple tracks and multiple courses, um, you know, and then you find like minded people in yeah. environments like that. Um, so that would be one way. And then, you know, again, taking a risk, you know, that's, that's required as well. Again, whether it's you saying, Hey, these two people I've felt kind of comfortable with, and we've gone to some deeper layers and that person has opened their heart a little. And then actually like saying, Hey, can the three of us hang out and maybe go through this book together? Or, yeah. you know, I just heard about this thing on a podcast. Let's try reading surrender to love yeah. together. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it's, it, it does require, I think, um, vulnerability sure. to say, Hey, I want to try. And, and it might not go well. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's definitely people I've wanted to have a deeper level of relationship with than they've wanted. Yeah. So you got to have a little bit of, uh, of like emotional savviness yeah. to discern, mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, that person, that's not, right. it's not going to work. I'm not going to push it anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's, it really is um, church for sure was a place, but I know that that what that is is evolving mm -hmm. um, in this era. And I would say then it just requires a little more proactive risk taking from people, mm -hmm. you know, with just one or two other people or, mm -hmm. you know, again, doing like a Zoom call or something, yeah. just trying it. You know, you don't have to commit to like some long thing forever and ever. Um, 
I've learned that as well. Like having a container, like, hey, for these six weeks or for this Mm -hmm. six months, you know, some container of that community time. So it doesn't just like fade off or people just start dropping off because there's no clear boundaries Mm -hmm. to it. Like a small group. Um, That's always been helpful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's always been really helpful as well. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So my... um, first year marriage, my husband and I's first year marriage, we didn't have any friends because everyone that lived was living in Billings and like in our wedding, our best friends, our whole life, still our best friends, they moved away. And so we were like in this like new season and in a newer town to us without any friends. And we were like, we need Mm. people. (laughs) After our first year of marriage, Mm. we were like, we're just down each other's throats over stupid stuff. So we were like, let's just start a small group and force people to be our friends. And now that's like our community yeah. is because we like force people to be our friends. <laughs> well, no, there you they're go. all aware that we force them. So it's okay. <laughs> I assume you took a risk and you invited oh, yeah. them and they do have a choice to be your friend, but you took that risk, which is it, yeah. you know, and sounds like it's totally paid off. Yeah. But there's also groups, um, that I, that have just landed in my lap, you know, um, communities of people who I think rescue America. Uh, that's how we met just landed in my lap. And I tell my husband all the time, I miss that community of people because it was just so like-minded and encouraging and growth mindset, like pushing, uh, like always pushing for more growth and more understanding of who God says we are and who God is. And so it was a, I'm getting choked up here because it was seriously a sweet, sweet, sweet time um, and community that I got to be a part of that I miss because it was just so mm. in my lap and in my face all the time that it just mm. changed my life. So yeah, mm. it's so sweet. <laughs> miss it. Yeah. Well, we miss you too, honestly. <laughs> I was just thinking about that the other day. I was like, hmm, miss Amy and our team. <laughs> yeah, I miss the team. It's so fun. But oh, well, Sarah, I'm so thankful for our time together and all that you shared and encouraged people. And I know that you've been such a big supporter and encourager in my life. And I would just hope that other people (laughs) leave this conversation as encouraged as I am. Um, But I always ask the last question of all my guests is, what do you want to be when you grow up? And this comes from always looking to God to give us more understanding of who we are, what he's calling in our lives, and uh, what he's doing, because I don't think he's very boring. And I don't think that we're ever Mm. called to one thing and then that's it. I think there's always more. So Mm. what do you want to be when you grow up, Sarah? (laughs) Well, I love this. You know, at first I thought you said, what did you want to be? Um, And so I was remembering I had wanted to be an archaeologist was my like first Mm -hmm. job I remember ever wanting in Egypt, like finding ancient Egyptian (laughs) artifacts. And What is so funny when I just think about that now, I'm like, what do I want to be when I grow up? I love doing like archaeology of the soul, you know, (laughs) I love like digging in there and finding the treasures and like uncovering all the yuck, 
you know, in order to earth that, you know, unearth that treasure in people's hearts. And um, I just, that is my passion. And I really love and have continued to just learn more about people and God through working with at Rescue America. And I really am grateful for that. And that deep transformational journey is just a part of who yeah. I am. So I have little, you know, as a side gig, uh, hopes and dreams to create some pathways, mm-hmm. you know, groups, safe group environments for people to uh, go on some deeper legs of their own journey mm-hmm. in community. And I want to start those and, uh, it's just, you know, mm-hmm. finding the time yeah. to get all that set up mm-hmm. and do it. Oh, <laughs> I've done it in the past and I just, I'm like, yeah, I need to have some of that ongoing, you know, in, mm-hmm. in, in my yeah. rhythm. So, yeah. I just seeing you come alive at the retreat. <laughs> That's just like your jam, huh? Like <laughs> you just love like <laughs> bringing people together, teaching them, allowing them to have space to find solitude, like you were talking about earlier, but also connect with people that are safe, that are wanting to grow, wanting to learn and move forward. So that's so fun. I love that. Thanks for sharing. I think that you're (laughs) living that out, but also I can see where the Lord's like, it's just going to look different in this way, or it's going to be like a new way or a new thing that he brings up in you, but the same concept, the same calling. That's so fun. (laughs) Uh, So cool. Well, thank you so much. And I am just excited that we got this time together. And I hope all of our listeners had so much fun, as much fun as we did, because I know we had fun. (laughs) Um, And I hope to have you back on and talk about some more things and some different things because you just bring so much to the table and I'm so thankful for that. So thank you so much, Sarah. And I just hope that um, we get to connect again soon. Yes. Thank you so much. I wish you the best with your podcast. Thank you. Well, friends, if you enjoyed this podcast today and want to find a way to connect with Sarah, please visit her Instagram at ssspringer2000, or you could check out her website if you're looking for a life coach at sarahspringer.com. If you're also interested in what Rescue America is and what they're all about, please visit their website at rescueamerica.ngo. 